All right, welcome back to In Dad We Trust, the show all about fatherhood and our life as dads. How you doing over there, Zach? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I think we're just getting ready for the end of the year. It's been a long year, you know? Nothing has been a long year. Can 2020 get here already, please? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Zach, uh, we haven't uh, really talked about us in a while. So, Zach is in Oklahoma. I'm in mm-hmm. Andalusia, Alabama, a uh, little small town. I have a two-year-old son, and he has uh, two young ladies. How old are they? Two and... Two and six. Also, I like how you just say I'm in an entire state, but we have to hear what city and town you're in. I couldn't exactly remember uh, where you're in. Oklahoma City. Basically a little bit outside of Oklahoma City. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. So, I figured I'd bring that up for any new listeners out there. Um, What we do is we have uh, other dads on the show, and we interview them, and they're all walks of life from uh, pastors to people adopting kids to you know, people just uh, random dads in the neighborhood that we find on the street, you know? Yeah. And, you know, this this first year of us trying this, you know, obviously a lot of it was kind of our friends and people that we knew, but mm-hmm. I'm excited for next year because I, I think we've got some more bigger people to come on, you know? Well, everybody's big, exactly. Yeah, everybody's big. Everybody's yeah. big. We're all everybody's dads. <laughs> Maybe people that just aren't our friends. That's yeah, we're, you're. <laughs> see, uh, we got uh, two different sections here. So I'm interviewing a lot of people from my area, a lot of people that are popular in the area uh, that people know, uh, and then you're doing a lot of people that are more national. So I like the different takes we have there. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, I want to find some, you know, dads that are, I guess, more. I don't know, popular, I guess. and um, Mainstream people. Yeah, main, mainstream He's dads. stalking people on Instagram as well. I really am. I'm, <laughs> I'm hitting up everybody. I'm taking my shot in the dark every time. And, you know, sometimes it works out. So I'm excited for next year. Yeah, I can't wait to hear these. Absolutely. So this week we have an interview uh, with a gentleman named Garrett Davis in Andalusia here with us. Uh, he is a student pastor at Carolina Baptist. He's been there for 13 years. Uh, school bus driver, golf uh, and football coach. He, uh, you know, he's been married for 13 years and he has three kids. One, uh, he just adopted a little girl this year. So I'm excited to hear all about, uh, their experiences, um, going through the adoption process. Yeah, that's, um, I have a couple of friends that have done that and it's not, uh, a cakewalk by no any it's not the easiest so. thing in the world to do but they make it through and then they have a, a a brand new child and it's one of the most you know giving experiences you can do because you are really taking a child in that would not have an opportunity uh like that They'd absolutely stuck in a home. i think there's yeah i think there's a lot of kids out there that that need that so Good for him. He sounds like a real man's man. I'm excited to hear this interview. Yes, sir. He's a fast talker, so you got to listen quick because he gets everything he wants to say out quick. So uh, pay attention. And uh, we're going to go straight to the interview. All right. We are here with Mr. Garrett Davis. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Oh, doing wonderful. Let's see. Okay. So you are a student pastor at Carolina Baptist. You've been there for 13 years. Uh, You are a part-time school bus driver. 
you uh, coach football and golf at one of the local schools, Pleasant Home, and uh, you're married to a wife named Amy, and uh, you've been married for 13 years. Right. You've got uh, two uh, crazy boys named Griffin and Alex. They are crazy. And you got a, a new young lady that just joined the family named Caroline that y'all That's adopted. Right. That is right. All right, so we got lots to talk we about. we got lots to talk about. There's let's so go. much we can go. So let's start off uh, with the student pastor. So you've been doing that for 13 years? Yes, student pastor. Uh, when I was in high school, I felt a call to student ministry. Uh, I can remember as like an 11th grade kid in school seeing other youth pastors come and have lunch, and I thought, you know, the Lord started working on my heart with that, and, and I, I was planning on going to Auburn. I was on my way to the next semester to Auburn and ended up um, saying, no, this is not the direction. And the Lord called me to Carolina here in Andalusia, near home, and and we've been there ever since. We grew roots, and uh, we've seen a lot of kids come through over the years, and it's been a joy to serve there. Absolutely. What's your favorite thing about being a student pastor? Do you have any cool memories? Yeah, my favorite thing about uh, student ministry is has to be when you see these kids come in as a seventh grader. You know, especially your guys, they come in, they got huge feet, big heads. They're literally their body. Their bodies are not even normal anymore. They smell, and you know, they're nerdy, and you know, just to watch those kids grow over the years, and by the time they're you know seniors and and, and when they get into college, uh, I've had the privilege of, of doing the wedding for several of the, my kids oh, that I watched. that's incredible. Uh, and several of them, I got to go to the hospital the day their first child was born. And, you know, it's kind of cool because I remember those kids when they were, you know, just a little dorky, smelly middle schooler, and now their dads are their, their own. And, yep. you know, it's, that's just a neat progress. To Throw in the men. Yes, it's a fun fun thing to see. Absolutely. All right, so school bus driver, I know you're going to have some interesting stories oh, there. Uh, like I said, you know, today it was kind of a, a rowdy day. You know, holidays are rowdy on the bus. So, you know, the kids are rowdy. They're ready to get out. You know, they're... You know, they're ready to get the mask off. They're ready to go. And so they were so rowdy today, I said, you know, I decided we were going to cancel Christmas. So Christmas is canceled. So it got quiet on the bus for a minute, and they said, wait a second. You can't cancel Christmas. So uh, it, it took just a second. It gave me about 30 seconds of quietness, you know, when they realized Christmas was canceled. But it's a lot of fun. I, I, I totally enjoy driving a bus. I mean, I would do it for free. I mean, uh, I enjoy, you know, being a part of these kids' lives mm -hmm. and being able to minister to them through bus driving and, and, you know, watch them grow. I've been driving seven years now, so I've I've had a group of middle schoolers now that are graduating, and and they and I've carried them to school their whole middle school career. You know, the, then they're, so they're starting to get there. The soon they'll be getting vehicles of their yes, own, and you'll be dodging yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and uh, it's it's that's the neat thing to watch. You know, so can uh, do, so on a normal day when you're picking them up, do you get to talk to them much? Absolutely. Or? One of the things that, uh, and I know a lot of our bus drivers here in Andalusia do this. A lot of a lot of what we do is is we're the front line with these kids. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes they come out of broken homes, they come out of bad homes, abusive homes. A lot of times there's not a dad in the picture. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're the very front line. When they get on the bus in the morning, I like, I like to talk with them. One thing I like to do is I like to make them communicate. Kids don't know how to communicate anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we know how to text and snap, but we don't know how to say, good morning, how are you? Or, you know, good evening. 
So one thing I like to do is, you know, good morning, you know, find out how they're doing. And, you know, in the afternoon, how was your day today? You know, just to make some kind of small talk with them, just to know that they know I care. Yeah. And, you know, they are people that care about them. And a lot of them draw me pictures, you know, and it makes me proud to, do oh, it, to see that. that. And, sweet. you know, a lot of them, and you're almost like a hometown celebrity. Yeah. Because when you go to Walmart or places like that, they're like, hey, it's Mr. Davis, you know, so... You know, it's you just want to you just want to love on these kids, and I want to take so many of them home. You know, just saying, hey, come home, let me love on you, you know, and let my family love on you. And but you can't do that. You know, yeah. you have to do what you can. So. Yeah. Speaking of local celebrity, uh, hometown celebrity, you've had a few videos on Facebook that go pretty big around here because people love uh, hearing you uh, talk and, and giving your two cents on a different topic. Yeah. Well, I just. Uh, People say all the time, why don't you keep a steady flow? Well, those kind of videos just come to me. Uh, uh, I, I get all the time when I go to Walmart and places, they're like, uh, hey, talk like Donald Trump again. And I'm like, well, you know, the election's over, blah, blah. And then I have to pull it out and say, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great day. You know, <laughs> you know, so you have to you have to give them what they want. And the cooking show, you know, a lot of folks say, hey, were you making fun of Miss Brenda Gant? No. I was just having fun one day and yeah. eating a can of corned beef hash. And I was like, maybe it'd be funny to make a video like this. Yeah. And, you know, we have, we enjoy it. I, I love life. And, you know, my goal, one of my goals in life is to love Jesus, obviously, but then to just bring joy to other people's life. Yeah. You know, and if, if I can, if they can laugh at my expense, we joke at the church because I can, I will share something spiritual or about Jesus and, you know, It'll get a few likes here and there, and then I share something, me being just ridiculous, mm -hmm. and it would get like 300 likes. So I tell people, hey, I know my place. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so, and right on that topic, uh, that's what I do. That's the reason I do photographer, videographer. We get to capture memories and be there at people's best moments, especially weddings and stuff like that. Absolutely. Uh, we get to see the joy in their lives. And, and recently we started doing Santa pictures and, Gr and Grinch pictures in our studio. And uh, the Grinch pictures uh, are especially. Uh, fun for me because not only do you get to uh, terrorize kids, uh, but you also get to you get to you know bring them back to you and yes. and, and give them the hugs and stuff and make yeah. the parents laugh. And one of the things we did recently is I actually went to Strawn Elementary School with the Grinch costume. Uh, I was just like one of the teachers had asked me something about you know they needed a Grinch or something. I was like I would love to. I was like no charge, just yeah. let me come out there and have a good time exactly. and, and bust in with the kids and and they all be tackling me with hugs and stuff like that and we had a really good time doing that well one of my favorite things uh we do a big uh like a little trunk or treat at our church and and i take pride in being the most outrageous halloween costume oh, and last year i was uh elvis mm -hmm. complete the hawaii aloha um one of his last concerts i went full on makeup hair and i went to the school dressed like that i drove my yeah. bus like that and and the kids were like why are you dressed like michael jackson no so i'm like <laughs> Like, okay, never mind. <laughs> Wrong generation. Wrong here. generation. There you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, coaching football and golf. Uh, tell me, I know those two, those are big differences yeah, right there. There's a lot of difference. Uh, you know, I was I, I enjoy sports in high school. I, I was on the team in, yeah. in, in high school. I didn't You're happy play. to be on the team. Yes, and, and honestly, it's like I tell my youth all the time. I was on the team because I thought that's what would get me a girlfriend. There you go. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed the sport. I understood, you know, the game. I understood how it works. So, you know, one day I went down to the school at Pleasant Home when I first got here, and I said, uh, hey, you know, I'd be glad to fold towels or tote water. And they're like, well, what do you know about football? And I said, well, I was a receiver. This is – I know – and next thing you know, I'm – Certified AHSAA coach, yeah. so uh, card-toting coach, as they say. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, over the years, I've really enjoyed that, just to get to be out there. Football teaches kids so much about life, teaches them about being tough. You know, there's days as dads and as husbands that, you know, uh, you know, there's tough times. Yeah. And, you know, football teaches that. It instills in these kids to that you got to push through that and you got to mm-hmm. keep on. And, and golf, I mean, uh, golf is something I've played a long time, and we're just trying to bring new things to Pleasant Home. There's, you know, they're a small country school, and they haven't had a lot of different sports. But, you know, I, I enjoy to get out there. It's good exercise. Mm-hmm. It's not very good mental exercise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, I, it's a little less pressure on the golf yes, side. Yes, a little less pressure, and you know, it's really enjoyable. And we've we've had some great turnouts. We won two matches last year. Awesome. So uh, I'm I'm uh, two for two on my first year as, oh, a, as a head coach, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's just enjoyable. It teaches a lot of life lessons and keeps us young. Yeah. yeah. As a small uh, school like that, it's um, it's good. You know, they probably wouldn't even have the opportunity if they didn't Absolutely. have somebody that was up for coaching. Exactly. So, uh, you know, and that's one thing when I approached the administration, they were like, you know, uh, you know, do, do we do we don't have anybody that knows anything about golf. Mm-hmm. And next thing we know, we had tryouts Sunday afternoon. There's been parents that's gone and bought $1,000 sets of golf clubs yeah. and joined membership, like um, – training and different kind of things that they've done and and you know the kids are really into it now so you know That's we'll awesome. see what happens so with football how did, how did football season go i know y'all are, y'all are 1a right uh, we were 1a we had a tough season we yeah. have we had a really tough season i believe we were one in nine mm-hmm. so rough season but was, you know, the, was it a lot different with the covid stuff it was a lot different you know you would have we had some key players on some big weeks that were was quarantined mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, when you're a one A school, you got about 13 kids that play both sides of the ball. That's what I was about to say. I don't even have a real yes. full roster like everybody else. Yes, says. and two, I mean, two. You you take two kids out of the equation from in quarantine. That's a big game changer. That's, and, yeah, and a lot we, bigger for y'all than yes, it is for Andalusia with 100 kids over here. Absolutely. So you know, we had two or three really key games where we had kids out for, with COVID, and, mm-hmm. and you know that just hurts the whole team. But thankfully, the kids enjoyed it. They enjoy the hey, we get to play. You know, we get to hit people, yeah. you know, and, and that's they enjoyed it. Yeah. I wish we'd win more, but, you know, right now, as long as the kids are enjoying it, you know, it's worth it. And that's why, I, especially like on social media and stuff, I get I get upset when I see people really dogging coaches when they've had, especially some of the coaches will, have, you know, go to the playoffs. And it's mm-hmm. like, you just be happy they made the playoffs because it's not about that. Anyway, yeah. it's about the camaraderie they're building, yeah. you know, what they're learning to be as men and things like that. Absolutely. And, and that's what high school football is about. It's even, even college. Like, sure, they're, they're growing to – you know, some of them will go pro and stuff like that, but you know, ninety percent of them aren't doing anything right. like that. And you know, you're rushing a coach off like Auburn did that. You know, had yeah. you know consistent you know seasons and everything. Yeah, that's true. And uh, so hopefully they find someone that you know stay like that. But yeah. All right. So uh, you've been married thirteen years. Thirteen years. You've, you've got the whole marriage thing just nailed down pat, it's right? Figured out. I mean, we've got it down to a science. I wish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's never yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's kind of funny because one of the one of the downfalls of social media is that we paint a picture of perfection in everything. Absolutely. We paint a picture of perfection in our marriages, in our in our you know, being a dad, being a mom, and all those kind of different things. And in reality, we have to step back and say, if we could see what really what goes on at home, mm-hmm. you know, those those images are filtered. And you know, you know, me and my wife, we have we have a great relationship. We have a wonderful marriage. Uh, you know, we've gone through a lot in our 13 years. We we buried two children mm-hmm. that were stillborn, and you know, those kind of things will really erode on on, on a test marriage. You. Yeah. So you know. First of all, you know, we've always put Christ first in our marriage and, you know, we've, you know, we've allowed him to work and, 
you know, there's some days that we have to step back and say, hey, we were wrong in that area. And yeah. that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing as a dad and as a as a man when your wife says, you know, hey, I really feel like you need to work on this area of your life. Yeah. And it's hard to hear, but on the flip side of it, I'm very thankful that, you know, I have a wife that we can communicate like that. Absolutely. You know, so many just keep it quiet and say, well, you know, and then it ends. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Especially, like you said, with the social media, all your friends and family are seeing these happy times. Absolutely. And they're like, oh, they're good. I don't need to check yeah. on them. And yeah. they don't they don't check on you. Back in the day, you get phone calls all the time from your Absolutely. family just to check in on you. And, exactly. uh, and it, makes right. it, it does make it a little more difficult. That's and, a good point. And, you know, uh, one thing that I would say from our ma- from our marriage that I've, we have learned is not to compare our marriage to anybody else's marriage. Exactly. Because so many times we say, well, look at them. Look at the way their marriage is. Oh, they love each other. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, they're From so. From what you're seeing on yeah, pictures. Yeah, they're so in love. I mean, <laughs> they're going on trips. Oh, oh he's, <laughs> yeah, they're so. Oh, he's so romantic. Yeah. Well, you didn't see the the two weeks that he didn't do anything around the house, you know. <laughs> it so, led to him having to work hard yes. to get that back. So, you know, uh, you know, don't compare yourself. You are, your marriage is your marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to be different. Our marriage is going to be different than y'all's marriage. And, mm-hmm. and you know, things that make us tick and that make us work together may not work for you. Yeah. So, you know, that, I think that's one of our biggest struggles in America right now is the fact that we are, we are absolutely comparing ourselves, yeah. you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses, as they say. Absolutely. And it's it's really hurting our families. It's a selfish culture we absolutely. live in. Absolutely. Very selfish. Yeah, and you have to you had literally have to be thinking about your wife like nonstop yeah. to make sure you don't, you know. And you know, I've heard I've read several things, you know, in the ministry you have to read and keep up with a lot of things and, and they they say that our generation of people, you know, me and you skip is you know, we're one of the most narcissistic generations ever to walk on the face of the earth. And that is that's kind of a hard yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow. Really. Yeah, and but you know, it, it, same thing in our marriages. You know, it's it's, it's give and take, and you know, we we need to realize that when we become a husband and wife, it's no longer about our own desires, but what we together as a team. Absolutely. And you know, there's so many so many married couples that I run into and I talk to throughout the ministry, and you know, that are just working on absolute separate pages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just going to be tough on them, you know. Yeah, yeah. you got to pull so, it together. Okay, absolutely. so uh, one thing that changes a marriage is kids. Oh, yes. So uh, when in y'all's relationship did y'all have, how many, how many years were you married when you had kids? Uh, we were married five years before we decided to try to have a child. A nice long honeymoon yes, stage. absolutely. And, and I would recommend any any dads or any men out there that's listening, you're not a dad yet, and you're saying, well, when are we going? When is it going to be time? Take take time, okay? Take, you know, enjoy. We enjoyed that. I mean, enjoyed being single and, you know, or being without kids, not single. But, yeah. um, you know, we'd say, hey, you want to go to Walmart? 11 o'clock at night? Yeah, we would just load up and go to Walmart, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, maybe say, hey, you want to get up tomorrow and go to the beach? Sure, let's do that. And, you know, we just, you know, that freedom was great, and it was great for our marriage. It was a great time for us to uh, – you know, just get to get know each other and mm-hmm. just know where we, you know, how we ticked and all those different things. Because kids are going to bring a a major curveball. Yeah. A great curveball. Yeah. A hittable curveball. A little, little, little bit of stress there. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> and the, the wife gets less time. Absolutely. Uh, with you than she would have. Absolutely. So, and you know, there's more clothes to wash, more babies to feed, yeah. and, you know, all those kind of things. So we waited five years um, and uh, my wife was working at a pregnancy center. At the time, she was the director of that, so uh, we well, she were, knew all about pregnancy. She knew then. all about pregnancy. <laughs> she was ready to go, and uh, so we in we had a little a boy, mm-hmm. uh, my oldest son Griffin, and he's nine as of two weeks ago. 
And um, um, we can pause for a second. Go ahead. What's up? All right, Griffin, you know, was our firstborn. Uh, and one thing that I learned from Griffin is, uh, and we joke about this, the delivery process was the way their personalities are. Griffin, I remember he was born Iron Bowl weekend, 2011, and there was no doctors on staff. I was about to say. They were all at Auburn. <laughs> um, and uh, he, we thought, okay, he's going to be here any minute now. It started at 6 a.m. that morning. Any, you know, by lunch, we're going to be, you know, there. And then almost it was almost midnight that night. Oh my he goodness. finally was born, and it was, you know, it was a long drawn out process. And that's kind of the way he his personality is. You know, he takes his time, and it was fun. And then our second son was born two years later, and um, he he came running out. I mean, he was in a hurry, and that's the way his life is. So yeah. We He's joke about running. that. Yeah, we <laughs> we joke about their personalities and. One thing that I've learned as a dad, and I and I hope others learn this, I had expectations for my boys whenever they were born. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I played sports, I played baseball, was my thing. I hunted, I fished, I, you know, I did all these things. And and when you when you have a child, you think, okay, they're going to love these things. They're going to be, you know, we're going to deer hunt, and we're going to we're you know we're going to fish, and we're going to play football and be rough. And but you know, one thing I've realized, they may not be that. Yeah. And you got to let them be themselves. Yes, absolutely. And I had to learn early on that they're going to be who God made them to be. Absolutely. And I need to, I need to be on board with that. And my, uh, my oldest son, Griffin is more musical. I mean, he loves music. He wants to play guitar. He's taking piano lessons and, you know, and, and I've learned to say, you know, Hey, we're going to support that hundred mm-hmm. percent. And, you know, kids are different. Alex, on the other hand, wants to be in the army and he wants to, uh, shoot things and deer hunt and fish. And he's that kid and yeah. they're completely different yet. They're still my kids. Even so, as the babies, you, you learn they're all different. Absolutely. Because Mixon wasn't talking at one, and my wife was starting to freak out. Like, hey, he needs to be, you know, starting to say some words. It was like one and a half, and he's still not talking that much. Right. And uh, and then you realize that, you know, every kid's going to have their own space. He was walking at nine months, but he didn't start talking until, you know, one and a half. But, absolutely. And that's that was a crazy thing to learn as a dad was that, you know, I needed to support him the way God made him and not the way I wanted him to be. And uh, and that's that's one thing I've had to learn. And and most recently, we lost two children, uh, stillborn. They were they both passed away at six months and two days. Was this uh, after the two boys? After our mm-hmm. first two boys, we had two other sons, uh, Collier, and he passed away at, uh, suddenly at six months and two days. Nah. And then we we became pregnant again a year later, and we had Isaac, who was Down syndrome, and he passed away at six months and two days. So. We really don't know what happens other than the Lord planned that, and we were okay with it. What can you tell people that may be experiencing something like that and it just happened to them? Okay. Uh, If you're a dad and that's your situation, I just encourage you to support your wife. You're going to – grief is different. Uh, I like to have a lot of people around me when that when that happened. I wanted people to be there at our house, and and you know people. I enjoyed that. That brought peace to me. But my wife, on the other hand, wanted to be alone. She wanted to lay in her bed and not do anything and not have anybody in the house. And, you know, we grieve different. And just keep in mind, if, if you've gone through that loss, everybody grieves different. Men grieve different. And, you know, it took my wife a lot longer to grieve than it took me. And she didn't understand that. She didn't understand why, why has he just moved on like nothing ever happened. Yeah. And I didn't understand why she was still six, seven months into this. Why are you still, you know, like this? 
So, you know, com- biggest thing that we could do for one another was to communicate. Yeah. And we learned to, to share with one another. And she would say, hey, today's been a bad day today for me as far as with the boys. And, you know, I could I could share with her, you know, this is what I miss about, you know, our boys. And even though we didn't ever meet them alive, you know, they were still, we still held them and they were still born. And, uh, you know, so we just learned to communicate through that and just encourage your wife and be willing to you know, have some bad days with her. Be willing to just let her cry with no answers. Mm-hmm. And see, that's, you know, that was my thing. Why can't I give you an answer for this? And, you know, dads, we're not going to fix everything, okay? Mm-hmm. We might can fix the fridge or we might can, you know, fix the lawnmower, but there's some things in our marriages and our lives that we're just not going to be able to fix. There's and limits. Here, yeah, and here's the thing. It's okay. Absolutely. So, and we began the adoption process. Skip, you, you worked alongside of us with some of it. Yes, and, sir. And almost two years into the process, so after so after the two stillborn, was that when you immediately started going to the adoption process? We started about six to eight months after the last mm-hmm. child after had uh, passed away. Absolutely, we didn't want to rush into anything, but we had talked about adoption even before we were married. When we were dating, we were like, "Hey, you know, we've always wanted to adopt." You know, when we get older, and um, you know, so we we started the process. It was a long, drawn out process and a very expensive process. I can imagine, but. Um, you know, I can say this, almost zero money ever came out of our pocket. Like so far, incredible. people in our community, people in our church, people, I mean, we were at Zaxby's here in town one night and uh, a girl comes from the kitchen and says, hey, I just got paid today and, and I've seen your story on Facebook and I just want to be able to contribute, say I contributed to your, your cause. And, and she, she slipped us some money and said, you know, I know it's not a lot, but I hope it can do something. Well, it, it, it helps. That's really incredible. And so, you know, I would also tell any dads out there, like, you know, I, I freak out about the money. Okay, I'm, I like to I like to keep the healthy checking account, healthy <laughs> right savings account. You. I mean, you know, I'll check my stocks every day. I mean, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. And, and, you know, looking at the bottom line and saying, holy cow, it's going to cost this much. I don't think we can do it. Well, it's never been a, it's never been an issue. We've never we've never had a problem with that. I yeah, mean, people, just thinking about multiple kids has yeah. always worried me. Like, yes. how am I going to have the time to keep yes. up with them and make enough money to, to Abs- keep absolutely, them fed? Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, if if that's something that's been on your heart, you and your wife about adoption or you know anything like that, you know, be be open to it. I know it's expensive, but you know the Lord provides, and and you know adoption is is a godly thing. I believe it. it warms God's heart for us to take in children like this. And it's one of the biggest things you could do. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, you're going to be provided for, I promise. So the adoption has been a great process. We just closed our court case two weeks ago. How long did it take? Uh, for the whole adoption. So when you started the, case, the six months after? Um, it took about, looking. let's see, we were in a two-year contract. It took about 21 months. I thought, yeah, I thought so it would take we a long time. So we were kind of sweating, like, what happens if we don't get matched? And we ended up getting matched with an 18-month-old. Uh, from uh, Fort Payne, Alabama, and the situation is absolutely re- perfect. I mean, uh, we still have an open relationship with their with her family, and and you know they're you know they become another set of grandparents to That's my awesome. boys. My boys call them Mimi and Papa. So uh, 
you know, it's been a great, great thing. And, and to bring another, bring pink in a house that's been camouflaged and Legos for. <laughs> it was about time. Yeah, it's about time. So now there's baby dolls and pink everywhere. So, so. who wanted a girl more, you or your wife? Uh, probably, well, equally, but I've always wanted a girl. You yeah. know, I've always wanted a daddy's girl. And, yeah. and there's something about a dad and his daughter. I mean, it's just a, it's just a neat bond that, that, you know. It's special. My, yeah. Me and my boys have that bond, and they, you know, they have that bond with their mom. But there's just something about a dad and his daughter. Yeah, so. going to all these weddings and doing these father-daughter dances that I photograph and stuff. I, I gotta have a girl. Like so, if even if I have to adopt one day, I'm yeah, told, you know, absolutely. Like, one way or another, we have to have. We a have to have a girl. <laughs> it's it's a great thing. So you know, if you get the opportunity to do that, I would encourage, uh, you know, encourage you to to look into that. There's so many children that need a home, even locally through you know DHR. That's our you know, that's our next plan is a little bit down the road and maybe a couple of years when everything gets settled, you know, start opening our home to foster. You mm-hmm. know, there's a huge need for that. And, and I see that need on my bus. You know, so many kids that are there one day and then they're taken out of the home the next. And, you know, these kids just need somebody to love on them and yeah. hug on them. And I know it's a tough thing. It's a difficult thing, you know, as far as, you know, what should, should we open our home? What about our other kids? All this. But... I really do. If you feel led to go that direction, I really feel, I feel strongly that you should do that because there's such a need there. Do you have any tips and tricks on on uh, being uh, an adopted father so far? Uh, be patient. I'm not patient. You know, I like I, I seen the bottom line that we paid them, and yeah. I said this should happen sooner. <laughs> and one thing that a lot of the adoption agencies do is they don't really communicate to you that that you're being declined. Now we don't know if we've been declined. But I told, you know, I told Amy, I'm okay with knowing that we'd be in decline. <laughs> I just want to know something. I just want to know something. <laughs> and, you know, for Amy, it was it was a good thing that they didn't tell us because mm-hmm. a lot of the adoption agencies, the, the birth parents pick the adoptive parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, if even if somebody was saying, no, we don't want those weirdos, uh, I'm okay with that. But yeah. for, for her, you know, she just, she didn't need to hear oh, that. Yeah, it hurt her heart. And, uh, you know, so... Just be patient. It's, it's it can be a long ride, but I'm telling you, like as soon as we got that call, I, I very well remember the day we got the call. They said you've been matched. You know they want to talk to you tonight. They want to meet you next weekend. I mean, it was just like boom, 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 boom. So you know, it's like a wait, 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 hurry up kind of deal. Yeah. And you know, it's going to be it's so much worth it when it's all over with. So just if that's what you feel led to, do it. Don't hold back. It's going to be okay. So what's the difference been between the boys and then getting a girl in the house? Well, the boys are rough and rumble. I mean, we we wrestle on the floor and we do all those kind of things. And it's just funny to have a girl in the house that's, you know, soft and all this kind of stuff, you know. So the boys don't understand they can't wrestle with her. You know, she (laughs) she tries. She'll hang with them for a little bit. And one of my favorite things was – a lot of nights we throw, we have a little football game in the living room, and we throw the foot. One's a receiver and one's defense, and they try to tackle each other. And if who if the receiver can touch the TV stand before, you know, they call it. <laughs> they call just for that yeah, TV. <laughs> they call it. Uh, they call it offense defense. Yeah. Is their name of it. Well, she wanted to play too, so she got in the middle of them, and she couldn't hang with us. So you know, it's kind of funny to you know we've always been rough and wrestly and now we have to kind of tone it back a little bit yeah. so it's been it's been interesting Gotta get a little bring out the sweet side which yes is absolutely and, and you know uh girls just have a different emotional thing i mean things that the boys would never cry over she cries over why so. is she acting like that yeah exactly <laughs> they don't understand they're like why is she doing this so 
you know, it's been a learning curve for everybody. So uh, uh, Amy's qu- not quite as outnumbered now as she was before. Yeah, I bet so, she appreciates that. So now it's three to two. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you've Absolutely. given us a, a good rundown of your life, and we'll have there to definitely go. bring you back and, and get some more tips and Anytime. and tricks on uh, being a dad, and you'll learn more and uh, be able to let us know more about being a girl dad now right, There you go. in the future. It's expensive. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they cost a little bit more, yeah, everything. Cost, and every you haven't even got to the makeup no, stage right. yet. Gr- dresses are pretty. They're all cute. So uh, Anyway. Hide the credit card, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I appreciate you coming yes. on. And, Thanks, uh, Skip. We'll definitely me. be back in touch with you.